I Hate Musicals is produced by Polyphonic Theatre Ensemble. Our hosts are Megan Tripaldi, Kyle Ahrens, and Chantal King. Our production manager is Holly Pryor. This podcast was recorded on Wabanaki land. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of I Hate Musicals, the podcast. I'm Megan, the hater. I'm Kyle, the historian. I'm Chantal, and I really want to bring back those Spider-Man silly bands, but I know that's not going to be a thing. <laughs> Every time. Every time. It's gonna and be- we are off. <laughs> Today, we are going to be talking about quite a musical. We are going to be talking about Fiddler on the Roof. Matchmaker, matchmaker, I'll bring the veil. You bring the groom, slender and pale. Bring me a ring, for I'm longing to be the envy of all I see. Kyle, I know we have a lot of history to get through. We so do. Let's, there is. Let's do this thing. Yeah, let's unpack. Let's unpack. Quite a bit this. of history. Let's just mm, start with mm, the mm. basics of the productions. Do it up. Um, so Fiddler started out in tryouts in Detroit uh, in July and August of 1964, uh, oh, before wow. making its premiere on Broadway at the Imperial Theater on September 22nd, 1964. Oh, That's right. my dad's birthday. Oh, happy oh birthday. my gosh. <laughs> um, uh, the original production starred uh, was starring Zero Mostel. Um, and featured the direction of Jerome Robbins. Um, the book, lyrics, and music are all written by Jewish Americans. Uh, Jerry Bach wrote the music, Sheldon Harnick wrote the lyrics, and Joseph Stein wrote the book for the musical. That's pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm. The production ran, it had a very long original run, uh, ran for 3,242 performances, and oh. it survived two different transfers between theaters. Wow! Uh, It finished its run at the Broadway Theater uh, in New York. There was a- Kyle, quick quick cue, sorry. Is this the longest, was this the longest running show on Broadway? At the time, at the time, it it just took any record that existed and just smashed it to pieces. Gotcha. Hmm, Take that, cats. Interesting because backers did not want to produce this musical because they thought it was too Jewish. Oh, boo. Um, it did have a West End production that opened on December 28th of 1976 um, with Heim uh, Topol in its leading role. And that also played for over 2000 performances. Jeez, and I didn't sucks. catch the last the last bit, but when did when did the OG uh, close? Um, do I have the close date? Uh-huh. I don't have the original close date, but I do know mm-hmm. that it ran for 3,242 product performances. All right. That's all good. Nice. Damn. Yeah. So and crazy. yet the anti-Semitism was already rampant. Oh, shit. Um, there have been a number of important productions that have gone on. Um, let's see. There was, so there is the Broadway and the original West End. Um, Topol revised his role for a 1971 film. Um, they revived oh. it on Broadway on mm-hmm. 1976, and Zero Mostel came back. Um, was so a... that was the original Tevia? Mm-hmm. The original, okay. Yeah, original they Tevia. made us watch that in uh, fifth grade. Yep. They made me watch that in, like, second. So the movie was Heim Topol. Uh, the original Broadway was Zero's Mostel. Um, they did another revival in 81 with Herschel Bernard, eh, Bernardi. Um 
Then Chaim Topol came back again for a 1983 London production, a 1990 Broadway revival, and a 1994 London revival. Does he sleep? No, Um, absolutely not. There was the 2004 revival starring Alfred Molina, which was called Mm. A Fiddler with No Jew. Oh, that's, wait. That was a Alfred Molina's not Jewish? Uh, He is not. Oh. I feel like you can't. Okay. There were, there was a lot. Well, I I have an anecdote for later about that very fact, but continue, please. Yep. Um, yeah, that there was there was quite a bit. Uh, Times did not appreciate him. The New York Times Review. Yeah. Um, then, however, there was the 2015 revival starring Danny Bernstein, uh, which brought a lot back into the production. So it's been Didn't, produced a lot. Yeah. Wasn't there a might not have been a revival, maybe just a run? But didn't Mandy Patinkin play Tavia? Um, it wasn't listed in any of the, what's considered the major productions on Broadway and the West End. How dare they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mandy freaking Patankin. Prepare to die. There was a very important off-Broadway revival in 2018 that was performed entirely in Yiddish. I remember that. Oh, I do too. I, that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I remember reading reviews on that, how it was one of the best performances that most people have ever seen. So mm. that's uh, the production history of the show. Quite a lot of history behind it. Yeah. Um, the show is based off a book called Tevia or Tevia the Dairyman and His Daughters. It's a series of stories by Sholem Aleichem um, that he wrote in Yiddish between 1894 and 1914 um, about Jewish people living in the Pale of Settlement, part, uh, Pale of Settlement part of Imperial Russia, right around the turn of the 20th century. Uh, Act one, we meet Tevya, who is a poor Jewish milkman. He has his $5, and he explains the Jewish traditions that run their shtetl um, called Anatevka, which is a fictional uh, town in this pale um, pale of settlement. Um, we meet his three oldest star- daughters, Zidel, Hodel, and Chava. And we meet his wife, Golda, who is a very strong woman, very sharp-tongued wife. Uh, the daughters start dreaming about finding their husband and singing about Yenta, the matchmaker, making oh. them a match in the song. Classic. That we all Such know way too song. well. Absolute Holly, if you would classic. please. Oh, so good. But we end it with Zidal. Yenta, Yenta, Yenta. <laughs> Zidal reminisces how she wants to marry her childhood friend, Mottle the Taylor, who is not oh. a wealthy man. and So cute, though. Yeah. Oh. Um. So Tevye kind of starts delivering his milk, and as he mentions, his horse cannot walk. And he starts singing, if I were a rich man, what his life would be like. I'd build a big tall house with rooms by the dozen right in the middle of the town. But we're introduced to a stranger in the land named Perchik, who has these radical ideas. Um... However, Tevya still invites him home to teach his daughters in exchange for food and a room. Um, so he begins teaching in the household. Um, Golda tells Tevya that uh, a local, a prominent local uh, butcher, Lazar Wolf, 
would oh. like to meet with him. So after Sabbath, they go and they have a drink. And uh, Lazar Wolf says he'd like to marry Zidal, his oldest daughter. Everyone's happy. There's this celebratory yeah. song uh, called so Talaik L'Chaim. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. After that, um, uh, Tevye's second daughter, Hodel, begins to have a battle of wits with battle of wits with Perchik's Marxist uh, interpretations of biblical stories. Enemies to lovers. We love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tevya brings home the news, has agreed to the wedding. Zeidel is devastated and explains that she wants to marry Model instead. So Tevya makes up this huge dream to get Golda on his side. Um, and agrees that's the news that they will go with. Mottl celebrates with Zeidel singing Miracle of Miracles. When Moses saw Pharaoh's heart, that was a miracle. When God made the waters of the Red Sea, that was a miracle too. Oh, um, such a good song. So they go through that dream the dream process. And then uh, while they're the next day in the town, Tevya's third daughter, Chava, is teased and intimidated by some of the Russian Gentile youths of the area. Um, one of the Russian officers, Fyedka, protects her, sends the others off, and they begin this sort of relationship with secret book tradings. Oh my god! A how dream. very, how very, yeah. I am 16 going on. Oh, I was gonna say how very <laughs> pandemic now, because that's what's happening with me. Anyways. <laughs> um, oh yeah. One ends with book. the wedding of Zidal and Model. Um, we have the forever moving song sunrise sunset about the passage of time beautiful uh laser wolf gives a fine gift as a sign of no hard feelings towards idol and model but an argument breaks out over tevia um traditions are starting to break at the wedding ceremony before it is demolished by the russian authorities who come in to stage um, I believe the term is a pogrom, um, which we'll get into a little more later. Mm. We get into Act Two, where Perchik tells Hodel he's returning to Kiev to work on the revolution, and he proposes marriage. Um, after some soul searching, Hodel agrees and asks for Tevya's blessing. So now his second daughter is going against tradition by choosing her own husband and wanting to leave to follow him to Kiev, and he agrees. Um, talking about all this love, while in bed one night, Tevye leans over to Golda and asks, do you love me? And there's this really sweet song, how they had an arranged marriage, and they didn't really even know each other. But she admits, of after 25 years of being together, committing to each other, that yes, she does love him. It's a very Aww. sweet number that's one of my favorite maybe it's indigestion Golden, I'm asking you a question do you love me you're a fool I know but do you love me do I So time passes on again. Models purchased his own sewing machine and Zidal has a baby. 
And Hava, seeing the success of her two sisters, says, I want to marry Fiedka. And this is going outside of the Jewish faith. And this is the line that Tevya will not cross. So many traditions have um, been broken. What's the lyrics? Uh, Pull it a prop one at a time. And when does it stop? When does it stop? Now. It stops now, Hava. No. Um, And she runs off and elopes with Fiedka. Um, beautiful ballet sequence mm-hmm. as Tevia wonders where he went wrong with his daughter, but he refuses, says so she is dead to the family. Um, after that, the constable arrives and tells everyone that they are be they are given three days to leave town. Um, that Anna Tevka it will no longer be welcoming Jewish people. Um, and everyone kind of sings this song that it's what do we leave? Nothing much, only. And a Tevka, the only home they've known. Mm. Um, Getting emotional. <laughs> Tevya's family finds uh, someone in America, that some family they can live with in America. Um, and as they are leaving, Chava and Fiedka come over to say goodbye. And there's this very tense moment. And finally, um, without looking at her, Tevya says, God be with you. And the family then is given their permission to say goodbye. Um, at the very end, I know I haven't mentioned the plot, but the fiddler is kind of this ever being, ever present being that Tevye sees in his own head. And as the stage begins to enter, he looks over and motions for the fiddler to leave with him. Hmm. It's a beautiful show. It's truly, yeah. It's truly beautiful. In this is every uh, way. This is the first synopsis that Chantal and I haven't like had to un- physically uncross our own eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I love everything about it. <laughs> oh no. And, and what's what's wonderful about this show for me is that it is so deeply rooted in Jewish traditions yes. that mm-hmm. even Jerry Bach as a Jewish American who wrote the music brought in a lot of Jewish musical stylings. Um, mm-hmm. Chantel, speaking of which, do you want to dive into the music? Yes, I would love to dive into the music. I mean, what can I say? This is quintessential golden golden age. This is Broadway's, in my opinion, when I think of golden age, I think of Fiddler. I think maybe that's just me being a, a young person. No, I'm right there with you. But it's just, it has that quintessential Broadway sound of heavy, heavy males, Piercing Soprano has been in the best way possible. Amazing orchestration. There isn't, there's nothing to go wrong with it. I don't see any issue. I mean, we all know matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. You know, uh, if I were a rich man, tradition, like we all know these, these are like embedded in us. Classic. Musical theater kids. Um, and, and like Kyle said, the reason why the music is so amazing is because it is so rooted in the culture and it is so unabashful about it it's so like here's our culture deal with it and i love that it just takes it and it runs with it um honestly my favorite song (laughs) is is honestly the prologue i know that's cheesy but it's just such a good it sets the tone in the perfect sense it shows you this is what this musical is going to be about stick with us it's going to be funny it's going to be sad it's you're going to feel all the feels and here it is with this beautiful song. Mm-hmm. 
towards the second act, that tradition is slowly breaking and stuff that you can always think. And it does um, musically uh, add those themes back in as well from each. It has those callbacks that like Lin-Manuel Miranda loves to do. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like Fiddler is the one that truly started those musical callbacks. I mean, as well as Sondheim, but it was very much apparent and in the culture way of it as well. Um, I don't know. I just love it. It's a good show. And there's also that beauty in the song tradition where like any Gentiles in the audience that don't know anything about Jewish tradition like mm-hmm. this, they're completely set up to be like, this is, this is what we come from. Mm-hmm. This is what our culture is. Yeah. And so you're, by the time that song is over, you're in the world, you're on the same page. Exactly. It, it, it immerses you so much and all of the music does that. It is such a, uh, it is such a rebel. Oh especially uh, whenever they have a a party scene or a wedding scene, you feel like you are in it. You are in that family with them, you know? Uh, I don't know. What are standout songs for you guys? (laughs) I, I, this is honestly, there is not a single song I don't like. Yeah. Um, I'm looking through it. (laughs) um, My top two. Okay. I mean, like apart from all the, you know, the staples that we talked about. um, I love Sunrise Sunset. I think it's beautiful. I can't yep. get through it without crying. Um, it's it's such it's such a beautiful way of expressing the joy of the moment of uh, marrying off their oldest daughter, but also just like just like acknowledging and mourning the passage of time while also celebrating it. Yeah. It's so lovely in that way. And I feel mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been that song's been kind of in my head a lot during the pandemic (laughs) but I mean it's just oh god I just it's just so beautiful and do you love me it's such a good song it's just uh it's like do you love me do I what (laughs) like the concept (laughs) of love is like that's that's not why people get married it's in 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 this culture it's 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 about arrangement that's why the marriages are arranged. It's like, how, how can we benefit from, from this merging? Um, and to have love come out of that, I think, and, and for someone as, as headstrong as Golda to admit (laughs) that she does, she's, she's a plus MVP of this show. Oh, Um, (laughs) like favorite character. uh, I, what I love about her is she's presented as a strong woman, while still adhering so strongly to traditions and morals. We have Mm -hmm. this weird belief in the United States that you can either be someone of belief and morals and then be mousy and like bow down to everything. Mm -hmm. Or you can say tradition is stupid. I don't believe in anything because I'm strong. But here we have Golda who is this powerful woman perhaps one of the most powerful women written for theater i'll say i would agree i would agree because she she runs that household she runs that home with an iron fist and it's even even in the fantasy no all i was gonna say was like even tevye's fantasy screaming at the servants day and night (laughs) like he knows what she's gonna be Mm -hmm. like and it's cool because even her music is super indicative of that because it's heavy and it 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 perfectly Mm. uh like shows who she is as a person which is what every good musical should do is be an expression or example or a second part of the character and her music exemplifies that 
Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but a lot of her music seems kind of staccato. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. And that, like, that's, it's like, not to put too fine a point on it, I am in charge. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you can, you can be steeped in morals and tradition and all of this stuff and still not be subservient to anybody. That, that, that <laughs> is the whole point. And that is, I think, what makes Golda such a powerful and interesting character. Yeah. Mm. And the music accompanies it perfectly. Oh, smartly written. It's, I mean, I just delicious. love so much of this music. A tradition yeah. is just such a staple of every theater person. You hear the word tradition somewhere and you in your head, just go, you just go, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I love Miracle of Miracles. It brings in that one. Such, like yeah. people sing it all the time and don't quite understand the enharmonics. Wonder of wonder, miracle of miracles. It is, it's, it is written with specific music that is from Jewish culture, the way that they would write there on sacred music. Um, Bach took so much care mm-hmm. when writing this music to make sure he got it right. Um, Do we have any least favorites? I just don't like Laser Wolf because he creeps me out. I mean, there you go. <laughs> so, like anything involving him, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, but I, I because he's love so old. Life he's for just the same so reason. old. It's the life Chaim that is such a strong principle. Like that is that is yeah. their celebration of life to everything. Yeah, um, you yeah, know, it's just it's just the character I don't like. I can't really think. I can't think of any music uh, that I don't. I do have one go that for I it. don't. Yeah. Love. Okay. And it's frequently cut. Oh. Um, and it's now I have everything, which is Perchik's song. Mm. It's it's fine. I okay. don't have a hot take on it like some shows. <laughs> it's it's not my favorite, and I don't think, especially where he preaches Marxism, the whole now I have everything and a little bit more just doesn't seem to mesh with his character yeah it seems out of place yeah Yeah. uh i mean i think everything's beautiful i I, if i'm gonna be petty i'll be petty uh for me i guess my petty like i don't really care for it so (laughs) is matchmaker because i've just you were gonna say that i knew you were gonna friggin say that the amount of non-jewish white women that i've seen do it i just am like hey like it's fine you know like it's okay i don't it's all right white bitches like to belt (laughs) everyone likes to rag on it but if you really dissect that song and i love as a teacher i love the teacher assigning it as a scene study so you can actually dig into it because Mm. everyone's like make me a match but that's think what it is. the last verse it's like set after up my life. Vital goes all <laughs> dental on them. Yeah. Yenta on them. That's true. It's <laughs> matchmaker, matchmaker, you know that I'm still very young. Please take your time. <laughs> they yeah. like realize, ooh, maybe this isn't great. And it, it I'm a child. <laughs> yeah. of maybe some of these traditions need to change. Yeah. Maybe some of these are a little older outdated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is such an interesting point of this show this show and why i think it will always be a relevant piece 
because it's so many themes. One of the main ones is tradition versus mm-hmm. progression. Mm-hmm. And Tevye just kind of embodies this of, okay, it's, ooh, we're in the 1900s now and my <laughs> daughter wants to choose her own husband. Uh, I mean, it's, in one hand, my daughter's happy. This is great. But on the other hand, tradition. But if yeah. we go with this tradition, my daughter won't be happy. Huh. So he he spends the whole show trying to balance and find mm-hmm. where can I adapt? What what traditions maybe should change? Yeah, what and he has his limit. Largely held to exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like he's willing to change, but there's but there like there's that point where it's like Gentile, mm, no, <laughs> not you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think with the with that song in particular, it's a perfect example of thought to thought to thought acting and thinking if it's done correctly. <laughs> and I yeah. will throw a special mention because my gay little ass would be remiss <laughs> if I did not talk about this. Uh, when Katrina Lennick sang, if I were a rich man, <laughs> with the violin <laughs> sorry do we sorry. need to pause for a minute oh, sorry i need a sip of water oh, how are you doing chantel i don't take a sip that's a little game point for me one second <laughs> <laughs> if i were a rich man be the podcast if we didn't make it a little bit oh my god the pantsuit the music how she perfectly is like here's my culture but i'm gonna sing it because i want to and i'm like yes sorry bitch bitch yes um this seems like a good place for us to transition into the meat the meat the meat uh there was a big fat love fest on the music um yeah So there's a lot of information that I was able to find about the history and just um, there are some great books that I am trying to pull up right now. There's a Uh, documentary too. Yeah, there is. There is a documentary. I think it's on Amazon and that's why I haven't watched it. Um, There is a wonderful book called Wonder of Wonders. A cultural a cultural history of Fiddler on the Roof on the Roof by Alyssa Solomon, um, who also writes for the New York Times. Um, a lot of the info I found came from her 2013 article on Jewishness as the fiddle played, that was published in the Times. Um, a former professor of mine, Dr. Jessica Hillman McCord, um, published a book a few years ago called Echoes on the Holocaust, Echoes of the Holocaust on the American musical stage. Um, mm-hmm. She talks about a lot of various um, musicals that deal with the Jewish um, faith, um, be it Cabaret, Fiddler on the Roof. Um, a lot of great information there. There's also JSTOR, which has a lot of wonderful academic um, academic publications and journals mm-hmm. that you can read on. Um, mm-hmm. There is a very interesting one uh, that, uh, called A Goy Fiddler on the Roof, How the Non-Jewish Participants of the Klezmer rival, a Revival in Krakow Negotiate Their Polish Identity in a Confrontation with Jewishness. Huh. Very interesting article um, that I got off JSTOR. And I think maybe the most important site I found was the Jewish Virtual Library. Um, it is a free directory with countless information and countless articles on the history of Judaism. Mm-hmm. 
I so, loved uh, your, your previous huge. point in music when you were talking about uh, the progression of tradition, but also the excelling of the future and where it goes with the young people of the time. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's such a big, uh, that's even relevant now, honestly. Well, it's a staple of the Jewish faith to yeah. ask questions. Like asking questions is literally like what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you do. Like people, uh, a big part of the beginning of the music, like it touches on it a little bit, but um, we're talking about where only the men do the studying. Um, they study the to- uh, the Torah and they they question it, mm-hmm. and that's such a. I was raised Catholic, and you do not question. <laughs> you just have to go with it and be okay with it, and that's yeah. why I left. Um, <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, it was an, I have an interesting history with Fiddler on the Roof because when I was in fifth grade, um, I, I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through eighth grade. And uh, in fifth grade, um, we did Fiddler on the Roof. Um, because we were in fifth grade, we did the chorus and then the sixth graders were in it um, as the main characters. And I, I loved it. I loved every single second of it because I was like, a lot of these stories are familiar to me mm-hmm. because, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, that sort of thing. But now that I'm older and I under, like, I understand a little bit better. It's like, we shouldn't have been doing that. Y'all shouldn't have been doing that. No, a Catholic <laughs> school doing a Jewish musical. It, uh, yeah. It doesn't seem right. It didn't, like, it doesn't feel good like it felt it was so fun to sing the music i like i i i still remember it and i was in fifth grade yeah (laughs) but like man that wasn't for me no (laughs) it wasn't for any of us it's interesting um because i was reading about that exact point when reading the article um a goy fiddler and it was talking about how it was done and how it's possible to do that. It is giving you the chance to look at, to quote, the other. So in this case, it would be non-Jewish people examining the Jewish faith and putting themselves in that marginalized position to understand what it was like to go through that. So it mm-hmm. can be done. You just have to do it properly, but I'll, I, I'll save that for the end. Uh, not well, gonna lie. I, oh yeah, go for it. <laughs> no, I feel like we're about to make the same point. Um, <laughs> that kind of reminds me. Okay. Not to like, de- this, this anecdote is going to have a point and it will get there, but you just got to buckle up for the ride. So I that kind of remi- <laughs> so that kind of <laughs> reminds me of a school in I don't know where. I think uh, somewhere along the East Coast. I have no idea. But they take their students and they take them to these uh, interactive uh, slave slavery field trips, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But they're run by like white people, so it's like, what are you? That's not correct. And so these kids uh, go through the slavery process, and it's like this exposure, like, hey, slavery is bad and scary, and rah. and it's like, wait, but no, I don't think that's correct. So when I that- kind of hear that, no, it's a legit thing, and it's still happening, unfortunately. What the fuck? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's on NPR recently. It's insane, but it Mother reminds of me God. of like, uh, like I understand the point of like, yes, feel like, look it through, uh, put yourself in our shoes, like that kind of lens. But I feel like 
it, it, with certain groups, there's not going to be a certain maturity level to it, or they're either going to take it as a joke, or they're not going to be, you know, there's going to be those people in that selective group that kind of bring the whole experience down. And I feel like that takes away from the beautiful culture that is being displayed for us by not right. having actual authentic uh, Jewish people in it. Yeah, like would know, we be saying me. would we be saying the same thing if it was a bunch of white Catholic kids doing in the Heights? Oh, please don't do that. No, exactly. <laughs> like, oh it, god, it, like it's that. Interesting. It, Go ahead. Go yeah, because I mean, it feels it feels. I mean, like, what what's her friggin' name? The white lady who pretended to be black, Rachel Dozal. Dozal. Or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I know that religion is different than race. Yeah. But it, but, but, but with the, yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah. But with the Jewish culture, it, it is kind of, it's embedded so deeply into, into who they are as people Mm -hmm. um, that it, 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 yeah, it's both, it's both a race and a religion. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's still like, I, like having, be, like I was a kid, the person you should be angry at is the, is the person that decided to do settle around the roof with a bunch of fucking Catholic kids. Mm-hmm. Like that's like, obviously with children, like that's a different thing. Um, but like, like I get yeah. the intent, but right. I'm not on I don't agree with execution. it. <laughs> if you're going to look at it in a classroom setting, maybe, but mm. not actually putting it on, maybe doing selective scenes as a scene study and then breaking apart and being like, Hey, let's go through the differences and like, what makes this culturally, uh, uh, impactful as a but class you don't need to profit off of it. Exactly. You don't need to profit off of it. There it is. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you don't need to, you know, you don't need to make it a, a fucking pageant. Yeah. I don't need Either. to pay money to see some, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Um, okay. No. <laughs> some fucking white kids like in shitty beards. I'm like, that's offensive. Please stop. Get real people. <laughs> they had a uh, stick on mutton chops for the Tevye. Yeah. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> that reminds me. Um, yeah, there was an, I know. There was an article from um, Cleveland Jewish News from 2014, a local production there had done a production of Fiddler on the Roof. Um, and the writer decided they wanted to see it with a rabbi with them to get an actual interpretation of how good or bad is this? Mm. Um, well, the result is real bad. Yeah. Because mm. um, mm-hmm. there were there were the obvious things. Um, so like men not wearing beards, none not being bearded. Um, improper wearing of yarmulkes, but there were things that you Oof. might not know if you're not part of the culture. Mm-hmm. For example, in this production, Tevya lit the candles for Shabbat. I feel which, like that's not correct. That is not correct. That's Golda. not correct. Golda would light the candles for Shabbat. It, w- it is the wife's responsibility. That is part of their culture. Um, they would, you would, they would see the prayer shawls were being worn, but they weren't correct. And the tassels weren't right. There's, there was so much of, we didn't look up anything or study anything of the Jewish traditions before trying to do this show. And like the, the more you look into 
productions that are done primarily by Gentile individuals, you are finding that level of disrespect for the core material and the basis of it. That's like me going into a theater to see Black Panther and then the screen comes on and it's all white people. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. How dare they desecrate Chadwick Boseman's memory that way? How dare they? Um, What I was going to say is uh, an exact opposite example of uh, that being done well um, have any of you seen the show uh, Unorthodox? If not, no. Nope. Fucking, it's beautiful. Okay. Um, it is the story told from a woman who left the Hasidic community in New York. Um, she uh, ran to Germany to find her mother who had left that community when um, she was born. Mm-hmm. Um the actors, uh, first of all, the the woman who, who wrote the book that the show was based on was there to oversee the whole thing to make sure that every single aspect of the culture that was being represented on screen was correct. Yeah. Um, you need to have, if you're not going, and, and the, obviously like the actors weren't Hasidic. I mean, there was one who had left the community um, just like Esty, the, the, uh, main character person. Um, but like they had consultants, they had multiple consultants. They had very specific wardrobe consultants. They had very specific ceremony consultants, music consultants, Mm -hmm. like not only the woman who experienced this whole thing, but like other people on very specific areas of this show. Like if you are going to do this, you need to do the fucking work. I'm yeah, saying fuck like, a lot, and yeah, I feel I, really bad about that in this bad, episode. Because, like, I just want to say, like, it's not us being picky. It's just imploring you to respect the culture and yeah, where it Just has because come you're from. white and they are also white doesn't mean that you need to do it. Listen, and, Wonder Bread and, and Different Bread are different flavors. Y'all aren't the same, okay? As much... <laughs> I almost inhaled my water. <laughs> like I know it's like oh I'm part like <laughs> Swedish and Italian it's like it's like bitch and wonder thing. bread not challah like it's <laughs> the di- there's difference okay there's different levels and it's not an umbrella category it's like yeah so just yeah. do do the research respect it because this is a this show is a huge it's a big deal and to do it right yeah. you just you just got to do it right because it is it is a huge cultural impact Mm-hmm. And for me, what's really important is to know when the show was written, who it was written by, and what it's about. Yeah. So all three of the men who wrote the show were written between 1912 and 1921, which was um, in between and during the third of the three pogroms happening to the Jews of Russia. Um, The pogrom is a Russian word which is designating attack accompanied by destruction, looting of property, rape, and occasionally murder by one section of the population against another. Hmm. Um, And it was basically sanctioned by the government. Um, In Russia, they went through three of them. One was before the eight, one was during the 1880s. The second one was during 1903 
1906. And when does Fiddler take place? 1905. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they all, um, the first one is in response to the assassination of Tsar Alexander II, where anti-Jewish circles started spreading rumors that it was a Jew who did it. Mm. Does this sound familiar to anyone else? Any Americans, maybe? Oop, and I oop, and I oop, and I oop. <laughs> 20, uh, 2001 what 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 um, weapons of mass destruction yeah <laughs> and then so they be they created when they annexed a lot of eastern russia they created what's called the pale of settlement which is the territory within the borders of czarist russia where jews were allowed to reside they were not allowed to design, reside anywhere west of that and in cities such as kiev they were only allowed to reside there with proper authorization papers um even today uh, i feel uh, like russia has a very complicated relationship with judaism yeah yes like so when you when you take into account that's putting it lightly that's what's going on in the world at the time of fiddler on the roof and the fact that all three of these men were of jewish descent born during the time of the third pogrom it's it's a lot they are writing the experiences of their own families and their own people. Yeah. So they have put so much of that into this show. Um, it's it's it, it's something that needs to be understood in order to do it. And I feel like very few theaters that aren't focused on that aspect and just want to do the show because it's a moneymaker. Mm do not understand it and should not be doing it no get your ass a dramaturg and there's the burn points ladies and gentlemen there it is (laughs) right there (laughs) yeah yeah so i guess real question then well all of these are real questions but should regular wonder (laughs) sorry should regular white people i need to stop no say it say it regular white people do do this show or should this be performed by a totally or like partial jewish cast like should it be partially jewish um should it be full-on jewish cast or should white people be okay to do the show i think if there's going to be any non-jewish actors in this they need to be educated like you should not they should not be in the main roles and they like because there's some great dance numbers in this thing you're gonna need a lot of people but like but like if you're gonna be a part of this you need to understand what you're doing and you need to do it respectfully yeah yeah the 2004 revival with alfred molina because he looks jewish but is not is <laughs> like the the new york times called it out a fiddler with no jew uh forbidden broadway that's how they did it um i believe that was the year for miscast they did a mashup of avenue q and fiddler on the roof casts and did avenue jew and made comments on how there were more jewish folks in avenue q than there were in the cast of fiddler on the roof and there you go and there you have it yeah i don't know like if you're gonna do this show i feel like uh wonder bread should be limited to ensemble i know that's no i'm not exactly but ensemble or like featured ensemble with the opportunity to learn i feel like the main and supporting cast should be played by jewish actors 
because mm-hmm. they understand the culture. They understand the relevance. I'm not saying that Wonder Bread's can. <laughs> I'm literally calling. <laughs> I'm not saying. I love that. this. No, this is beautiful. I <laughs> keep, keep. I'm not doing saying it. <laughs> y'all can't learn because learning is a perfect opportunity for everyone, and growth is out there. But you just got to be open to it, and you just can't be like, oh, why can't I play a black person in Hairspray or Hamilton? You can't bring that energy to it, or else uh-uh. I will put raisins in your house. Okay, I'm done. I mean, um, I think you gotta put raisins in the specific food. I feel like, or it'll just be like, what the fuck is this box of no, raisins? It's, no, it's gonna be empty. It's gonna be empty. <laughs> our, our producer just uh, gave us a little note. Wait, no, white people love raisins. Um, <laughs> I I think it can be done. Um, oh, it must have either a Jewish director. Oh, okay. and or a dramaturg who is going to do that work. And you need to make sure your theater is putting in the effort. Work with um, a temple. Work with, um, work, work with a rabbi. Work with someone who knows the faith. And first of all, you should ask them if you should do that work. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. But yeah. I, I, it's, this is, I I said this off stream before, but I I think this is one of the most important works of the golden age. Um, And it should be treated with that reverence, in my opinion. Yeah. So if, 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 uh, (laughs) if Wonder Bread Theater Companies cannot do this, what shows should they do? And what should (laughs) Maine do? Sorry. Do. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Only for special occasions. No. Oh, no. Starlight Express. No. <laughs> no, someone else go. It's fine. I'll think Chantel, of something. what you got? Oh God, oh. me. <laughs> I already I've got used a your joke. I'm sorry. I re- I know. I know. Um, I forget that Kyle's always last. <laughs> Kyle's amazing things. Uh, if you can't, if you can't do Fiddler on the Roof, I'm thinking of what's the white man's Fiddler on the Roof. If you can't do Fiddler on the Roof, do Seven Brides and Seven Brothers. Uh, no. <laughs> Does anyone need to be doing that show? No, no they don't. They don't. Uh. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay. If you have, if you want, okay. If you want a big cast, put that evil in here. If you want a big cast, if you want some cool dance numbers, if you want kind of like the oh, forbidden love, Cinderella. Oh, that's good. There you go. Also, because Brandy Cinderella is coming out on Disney Plus, and I'm going to be watching that. Finally, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, that's that's my point. That's my pick, Cinderella. Okay, okay I actually have one. Um, if you want to uh, do 
and I don't personally like this musical, which we will eventually be talking about at oh some point. Um, if you want to do a white ass cast musical, I know Kyle knows what I'm about to say. Uh, do the sound of music. Stop. I was in that. I have to go. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> that is like, not what I thought you were going to say, but also a good one. What did you think I was going to say? Well, we had talked about doing the white man's fiddler, the Wonder Bread fiddler, um, which is Godspell. Oh, shit. Oh, oh damn. Um, I forgot Christianity was like here. If, or Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes. Oh, damn. There's a better so one for me. If you okay. want to do a show that's based on faith but kind of takes it out of that holier than thou um, work. My favorite work by Stephen Schwartz. I knew you were going to do it. Eden. Eden. You, yes. One you of my favorite scores such ever. Such a crush written. on that show. It's actually I really it's do. Really good, it's though. beautiful. Lost um, in the it wilderness. Is beautiful. I'm a it nut. is beautiful. Sorry. Um, but yeah, Children of Eden is one of the most beautiful shows yes. I have I've ever been a part of. It's the the score is. Beautiful. The spark of creation is flickering within me. The spark of creation is blazing in my blood. I bit off the fire that lit up the stars and with life into the mud. First inspiration, the spark of creation. It touches on so many similar ideals here um for example the second act is noah and the ark and they bring yona the servant girl off and he chooses to remove the mark of cain from yona to wipe that clean breaking of traditions hey look at that mm, wait, um, wait. i actually have another serious one then if you want to go contemporary with it and a little jesusy but add a pinch of panic at the disco Razia's shadow mm-hmm Nice choice, okay. nice call. Okay, thank you. It's it right. rocks, it slaps, it fucks. It's sorry, I didn't mean to like it like that. Um, but it's it's really rock me, sexy Jesus. Sorry, it's re- it's really good, and it takes a it takes a really cool interpretation of the Bible into a really contemporary sense, where it's like, oh, this isn't the Bible, it's just a story, oh, but it's like this this is talking about Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the- fun fact too. Um, Go ahead. Uh, my my fucked up catholic school also we did a pantomime in sixth grade of uh the crucifixion um except that as the children were entering with uh mime white face paint and all black uh we would sing prepare ye the way of the lord what the fuck is your school what I shouldn't say. Oh yeah, that's illegal. Anyway, yeah, uh, I do have mess one more the suggestion. Fuck up though. Okay, Kyle, mess the fuck Hit up. Us actually, up. two more suggestions. Okay. Um, if you like uh, Harnick and Bach and want to do one of their works um, and want to keep with religious themes, 
the apple tree. I am gorgeous. I am absolutely gorgeous. Here's this avalanche of beauty in one woman, and I'm it. Look at the way all of the parts fit together. Oh, I don't know that one. Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Uh, Kristen Channel with Gorgeous. It's wonderful. Gorgeous. She's so pretty in it. Um, and the other one actually had a Broadway revival recently. Um, she Loves Me. <gasps> I oh. love my favorite shows, and I wish. Oh, it's so cute. I'm sipping hot chocolate and telling my troubles to Paul, whose tender brown eyes kept sending compassionate looks. A trip to the library has made a new girl of me. For suddenly I can see the magic of books. Or you want to go in a direction of uh, a completely different kind of religion, Greek mythology, just do Hades Town because it slaps. <laughs> but you better be casting fucking black people or else I'm going to hunt your ass. Okay, sorry. And make you do Xanadu. And I'm gonna it's make gonna, you do Xanadu. I swear. To I'm gonna do Starlight Express. I don't know. What's, I'm sorry with my voice. Like that's so. I've been excessive lately. I it's like Hulk Hogan comes out sometimes. I don't know the noises I've been making during this. I'm just. I'm sorry, guys. Oh man. Anyways, yeah. so this, is, this has been a little different for um, us. It has. My troll, I know. my troll is coming out. Less spicy hot takes and more. More reverence like, for this show. Which be I, fucking yeah. respectful. I'm or here. Else. I'm here for it. <laughs> so Holly, oh what are you gonna do to us next time? What is oh it? God, I'm gonna be upset. I don't. I don't. I don't. And what is it? There is a brotherhood of man, a benevolent brotherhood. With no hot takes, we're going to all the hot takes, which is the Pulitzer Prize winning musical, Why? How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, or Daniel How to Be a Misogynist. How to Be a oh. Fuckboy 101. Oh. How, uh, oh. Okay. White boys on Wall take, Street. Hey, this is really relevant. Oh, actually, for all the, like... Now that we think about it. <laughs> yeah, because this is this is being uh, recorded while all the redditors are uh, like, "Fuck you, Wall Street." Wait, and but we're I just like save GameStop. I did buy stock, and I'm doing pretty well. Hey, hey. make that money. <laughs> you know what? I would like to thank Build a Bear. Thank you, Build a Bear. Thank you. <laughs> oh man! All right, how to succeed? Thanks, thanks, Holly. Um, well, this has been another, I think, pretty awesome episode of I Hate Musicals, the podcast. Friends and Faye, I am Megan, the hater. I am Kyle, the historian. I am Chantal King. I was born when Jar Jar Binks was nothing but an idea, a fetus in George Lucas's little body. <laughs> oh, my God. Goodbye. Good night. Bye. Good night. <laughs> See you. You're the worst. <laughs> Grab a different shit. I was just grabbing different shit. I'm so- <laughs>